Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, today we're in Genesis 28, and well, at least we're starting there, and we are talking about Jacob's dream at, is it Bethel or Bethel? Depends on which part of the U.S. you're from. <laughs> it depends on if you're in Redding, California or not. <laughs> Whatever. I said Bethel in the reading. Um, and he, we talk about the dream there, stairway to heaven, and then the unfortunate circumstances surrounding his wives. That's <laughs> putting it kindly. Also, stairway to heaven, we're referring to Genesis, not Led Zeppelin. Just in case anybody was confused. Always on this podcast, we're referring to Genesis. <laughs> Unless noted. <laughs> um, is there anything stick out to you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, like, <laughs> many, <laughs> many not important things stuck out to me. Are we gonna, Great, let's start there. Should we clap that cough out of there? <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wait, but wait, there's more. Uh, so there's many things that stuck out to me. Some are important and some are ridiculous. All right, let's start with the ridiculous <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, first of all. Uh, life tips for life. <laughs> Jacob says, where does where this, where does, Jacob's first comment when he gets married <laughs> is give her to me that I may sleep with her. I don't think that's kind. I don't think it's kind. I don't think it's very polite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, that's not a good first impression actually for your father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why Laban tricked him. Could be. He was, he was like, like, oh, that was super rude. Gross. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. Uh, I did notice, so I, I don't know, I lose track because we did like new episodes and like old episodes. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about like the God's intent for marriage seems to have always been just one woman. Yeah. And you know what, where this first happened, I can't look it up in this Bible, but the first time a man marries more than one woman is in like the genealogy it's, after Cain and Abel. Yep, it's right in the beginning. And it's like And it's in the context of like all of Cain's evil descendants. Yeah. It's yeah, Lemek. It's Cain. Is, it, is it Lemek? It is Lemek. Yep. Lemek said. And Lemek is a bad wife. dude. Yeah, he kills somebody. Lemek he not he kills somebody and he walks around like proclaiming how amazing and more powerful he is than yeah. Cain and God. Yeah. So like just just for reference, because I think this comes up a lot. It's like, well, why is the Bible? Why is it okay for men to have multiple wives it's in the Bible? Not. It's not. It's outside of God's plan. It just happens. <laughs> and an, an interesting thing in pointing to the fact. Now, I think there is there is some tensions with that. It's probably not as clear cut and simple. Maybe uh, because the twelve tribes of Israel do come from Jacob from several different women, mm-hmm. but uh, Judah is the son of. Uh, Jacob Leah. through, oh, sorry, so, yeah, but through, sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> through Leah, his yeah. first wife, right. uh, and that is God's plan of redemption comes through that first wife. Yeah. So, and God's plan of redemption for Israel comes through Joseph, which is just kind of like, you know, in the more immediate context of Joseph saving his family. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting how God's using both family lines here, but mm-hmm. Rachel is not like, she's more beautiful, but, but Jesus does not come through her. Um, I don't know if that whole, like, because Bathsheba is in Jesus' line, right? Uh-huh, because of Solomon. But she is not a first, she's not a first wife. She's definitely not a first wife. So, 
I guess it doesn't hold up entirely, oh, but it's well, something that I noticed right here. Yeah. We'll keep fact-checking you. That's ah, I just fact-checked <laughs> myself in live time. <laughs> um, let's see. I This is kind of, it's not ridiculous. It's just kind of inconsequential, I think. But it was something that I was reading recently about how God keeps showing favor to women who are barren. Um, mm. We have Leah, who's unloved. Um, Rachel, who is barren. But, like, God's showing his favor to these women, um, even though we know culturally that women are less than. You kind of see that with... Um, the birth of the girl. What's the daughter's name? See, I can't even remember her name. That's how Dinah. Yeah, that's how inconsequential she is. It just makes <laughs> me think of someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Someone's in the kitchen. I know. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we know so that we know this culture that women are inconsequential. They don't mean quite as much as men. But not to um, God, though. But not to God. Yeah. He over and over again shows favor to women. Yeah. Um, and so Rachel is one of those women who can't have children that God eventually enables her to have children and shows his grace to her. We have Hannah. We have Elizabeth and John the Baptist. We have um, someone else I can't think of. But like these women that, you know, face infertility and God bless them. I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. to me. Anything else to God do? Well, I was thinking Jacob. So let's talk about Jacob oh, and yeah. the fact that he is so Slimy. deceitful. <laughs> we have, we've actually been able to track this. Like, I think Abraham kind of k- kicks off this line of deceit. Yeah. Um, Isaac is deceitful. It's just like Jacob a, is now deceitful. It's a family flaw. <laughs> it is a family flaw. Uh, and that, that does extend. We see that uh, Jacob now receives the fruit of his usual deception is mm-hmm. that Jacob himself has now been deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't learn the cultural customs while he was working for seven years. I don't know, but <laughs> he certainly does not like a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> He's like, oh man, I should have deceived people in the past. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we will see, we will see him kind of develop in character. Yeah. He will become less deceitful. Um, what a guy. But his kids are the same way. I mean, like, the they, they kill, well, well they... pretend <laughs> to kill their brother by being gracious and shipping him off to slavery instead. <laughs> it's so, it's like such a dysfunctional yes. family that God's working through that it's like, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I do want to touch on that, though, because God appears to, well, yeah, God appears to Jacob. We can say that right in his dream at Bethel, Bethel, Bethel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Jacob has this amazing dream. And God talks about how much blessing he's going to pour out on Jacob and his descendants. And so Jacob wakes up and makes this vow. If God will do this and this and this, ah, shoot. then the Lord will certainly be my God. It's very conditional, which, I mean, some vows then were. Um, but you kind of see Jacob's spirituality there and kind of where he is in as far as a relationship with God, we see him, he's been walking in sin for most of his life here. That's recorded. Um, and you can kind of see, um, first of all, God chose him anyway, in the middle of him deceiving his brother and running away, God's like, Hey, I'm going to choose you to, um, bless you. And it's like, Oh my gosh, why is God so gracious over and over again? But then we do see that later on when we read about how Jacob wrestles God, that his spiritual maturity increases. A lot. Uh, one of the things I know we talked about in the past, I don't know if you talked about it yet on for this year. Um, one of the things you'll see happen is that people get so influenced by the other gods around them. So like all the idols around them that aren't real at all. Mm-hmm. But the way you relate to an idol is like, hey, if you do this for me, then I will worship you and you'll yeah. be my God. 
And we'll see many times um, people who should be godly, should have relationship with God, treating God like an idol would be treated. They're so influenced by the culture around them. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I'll do this if you do this. I yeah. think about um, Gideon. Gideon's kind of an interesting story that we'll get into eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of just listening to God, he's like, if you do this, then I'll listen to you. Yeah. And he's like, well, actually, what I meant was, <laughs> if you do the opposite again, then I'll follow you. Like, oh, that's not great. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and I mean, and we'll say it over and over again, but like God, God just chooses to work through people. Mm-hmm. And it's... We are just failures over and over and over again. And we see in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and in humanity now that like the condition of the human heart is evil. And God still wow. chooses to work through us. Encouragement for your day. <laughs> hey, guys. Condition of your heart, evil. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it's, and it's encouraging to see that God still chooses to use us. It's pretty incredible. And then one more just reminder for Genesis and these historical books in general that they are narratives and not prescriptive for how you should behave. <laughs> so for your engagement, maybe don't go to Genesis. There are 24. no action steps from this episode. <laughs> 28 or whatever. <laughs> anyway, anything else? See you tomorrow. Okay. Bye. <laughs>She was the sister of Naboth and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached from the earth up to the heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants." What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he'll provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I'll present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. 
Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked. Yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out to the pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well, and we water all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebekah. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban, as soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but for a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me, Jacob raged at Laban? I have worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It is not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter, ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over, then we'll give you Rachel too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work for seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon, for she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He was named Levi, for she said, Surely this time my husband will feel affection for me, since I have given him three sons. Once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked. He's the one who's kept you from having children. 
Then Rachel told him, Take my maid Bilhah and sleep with her. She will bear children for me, and through her I can have a family too. So Rachel gave her servant Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. So Bilhah became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. So Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister and I'm winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized she wasn't getting pregnant anymore, so she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Soon Zilpah presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, how fortunate I am. Then Zilpah gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, what joy is mine, now the other women will celebrate with me. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Rachel begged Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, I will let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of the mandrakes. So that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must come and sleep with me tonight, she said. I have paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. So that night he slept with Leah. And God answered Leah's prayers. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him Issachar, for she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Zebulun, for she said, God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. Later she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph, for she said, May the Lord add yet another son to my family. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying God's whole story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.